You're listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live, with your hosts, Eric Provoznik, Jim Culver, Marty Zamora, and Christine Leninger. Hi, my name's Peter Jesperson. You're listening to All Over the Place, the podcast where the fun sanity never ends. Hello, welcome back to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. I'm your host, Eric Provoznik, and I want to encourage everyone to thanks. Well, first off, thanks for listening to All Over the Place. And just want to encourage you, you know, uh, make sure you're subscribing, liking, sharing. We appreciate all of it, and we are continuing to grow. More great guests coming, and 2024 is getting huge as well. Line everybody up. So thanks, everyone, for checking out All Over the Place. And let's get right to it. You may see in the the background we have it's it's music related again i know big shock here on all over the place but uh yeah we've got we've got an, another great guest tonight but we've got our co-host back in jim culver how are you i'm excellent sir how about yourself excellent myself fantastic and christine back again hello christine hey there hi and uh, marty <laughs> is uh there's been it's the He'll continuing join. saga He'll of join. technical difficulties for marty Yes. Uh, hopefully, we're going to keep the fingers crossed. Power is out at the Zamora household. They're fighting back and forth with it. So hopefully, Marty will be joining us. But till then, we've got someone with us. Tonight, and as I was getting ready for the show, 20 years I've known this guy. And he's a singer, songwriter, actor, musician, author, true crime author, a host. You've seen him on Access TV and well beyond on uh, Parking Lot Payday and also Top 10 Reveal. He's a mainstay there. Attack of the Dock. Uh, I'm sorry, Attack of the Dock is the documentary about it. But he was on uh, G3's Attack of the Show way back when. And uh, with his band Zachariah and the Lobos Riders, such albums as Ghost Signs, Alcoholiday, Hacienda, Skywriting, and also podcasts. Uh, he's done a, too many to count probably, but uh, Uncle Drank podcast and the Missy and Zach Might Bang as well. With us tonight, and I'm thanking him for taking time out from not sleeping. Zach Selwyn, welcome to All Over the Place. Yeah, what's up, guys? How you doing? I, I got not sleeping. Welcome, uh, hello. That was pretty good. You said G three, but it's G four. That's okay. Oh, it's so G four. Okay. okay, I'm thinking the G three drums with all the guitars and the stuff. So thank you. Of course, G four is attacking the show. <laughs> so all good. What's up, guys? And I thanks for having me on. I mentioned uh, the Zachariah and the Lobos Riders, and. Uh, I've known again 20 years. I've been seeing you perform uh, LA and around, uh, you know, Tucson as well. Uh, your your home home turf, and uh, but now you're involved with uh, another uh, group called Country Linen. Why don't you go tell us a little bit about that project? Yeah, the Country Linen project. This is cool. I um, I you know I've been in the Zachariah and the Lobos Riders camp since we started the band 21 years ago, and we've had a lot of success. We've done a lot of great tours, and we still play out, and we're still together, but. We're all getting a little older and sort of, you know, things are tougher to keep a keep afloat these days. So I've decided I'm, I'm kind of starting a little bit of a Americana side project, a little super group called Country Linen. And we're making a new record and we got a Kickstarter out right now, which we amazingly reached our funding goal within like four days. And now we're just sort of getting the bonus. Yeah, the bonus cash that comes in, which, you know, will help us make more music and maybe do a little marketing this time instead of just dropping it into the world of, of streamers and hoping that I make $148 a month, you know, which is about my average income on my music. But, you know, I do it for love and I do it for the passion and the, the stories I'm trying to tell and the songs. And I think this is going to be a great record. Very, very um, sort of a Wilco-ish acoustic based 
Americana kind of songs. Nice. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's like, if you haven't checked out Zach Ryan, the Lobos Riders, please, I mean, just check that out. And and uh, if you want to get involved and also donate to the uh, Country Linen Project, anything you want to know about Zach will be at www.zachselwyn.com. And that's Z-A-C-H-S-E-L-W-Y-N.com. And like I've I've been seeing Zach now, like I said, twenty years. I've been uh, seeing Zach riding the Lobos Riders uh, out and about everywhere. And uh, I was I, only four listed times on setlist.fm, but it's got to be more than that. I mean, your Spaceland show, certain things weren't listed, but uh, see Zach live. Wait, what? There's only four shows on that. Oh no, that I've seen. Okay, you know, I go, so, you know, oh, I go to setlist.fm. Okay. I'm like just once. I think I, I may have even plugged in one of your shows. Third show. and that's crazy. I'm like, you had a lot more than four shows. shows. Yeah, what the fuck? That's what's happening. That's why I'm starting Country Linen. Because I guarantee you, within a month, a year of this, there'll be eight shows of Country Linen on there. Yeah. There we go. And actually, I, I think I need to put the one. I, I'm not sure if I put the one that uh, you and Dan did, uh, just uh, the two of you down opening for Sugar Ray at that two oh, yeah. gig. Yeah. So I guess it'd be even not a full Zachariah and the Lobos Riders show be like four and a half shows that could log. But uh, but what, as mentioned at the top of the show, the, the music background that we've got there, uh, we we had Danny Danzalesco on our last show, famed concert promoter here in Arizona and the Southwest and beyond. And we're going to continue the theme, we're, um, a music themed three for tonight. And our three for this evening will be three shows that we regret not seeing over the course of our lives and our plus one tonight will be one opening act that we had no knowledge of going into the show blew us away and believe it or not i will not be bringing up the replacements because i knew of them when they opened for tom petty so as an opener i can't list that one that blew me away i knew so that's my disqualifier for that one but uh so those that's the three for and the plus one and zach as our guest we're going to start with you what what is the first concert that you regret not seeing I blew it hardcore, 1991. Um, we didn't get a lot of a lot of concerts in Tucson, Arizona that were worth seeing. And the Chili Peppers came on the Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour. And Nirvana and Pearl Jam were the openers. And Nirvana and Pearl Jam hadn't quite... Hadn't quite oh, and there it is, folks. That dog even disagrees. Oh, hang, hang on one second, Zach. Uh, if you had the over/under on five minutes with the dogs interrupting the show, you are our winner tonight. So we've got a that dog just muting, fucking. So. He was mad at me for missing that show as much as I'm mad at myself. Uh, Zach. So we're looking at well, well, because of the dog interruption. Okay, uh, go with that one again, saying Nirvana and. Yeah. So '91 uh, Tucson, not Nirvana a lot of concerts. Yes, not a lot of concerts came through Tucson back in the day. You had to pick and choose. You didn't get to see very much. So um, the Chili Peppers came, and they were doing the Blood Sugar Sex Magic Tour, which is, of course, the hugest record in our high school. And the two opening bands were Nirvana, who had just hit with Smells Like Teen Spirit, and Pearl Jam, who hadn't quite hit with 10 yet, even though I was a much bigger Pearl Jam fan than I was a Nirvana fan. But for some reason, I was like, eh, you know, I think I'd rather go see Sting in Phoenix. And because uh, I loved staying back then, too. I was a little bit of a sensitive man. You know, I was listening to Fields of Gold as much as I was listening to Nevermind. And I basically decided that I would 
choose my concert that year and it would not be the chili peppers nirvana and pearl jam it would be would be sting and of course i didn't even get to go to sting because my mom wouldn't let me go with my girlfriend to phoenix alone so ultimately i ended up seeing the beastie boys which was fucking dope check your head tour <laughs> but i did miss seeing the chili peppers i've seen since fine i've seen pearl jam nirvana of course not um so that was a big big miss in my life was missing missing that show especially because you know within a couple of years kurt was was dead and nirvana was done wow well i'm not show. sure if this will make you feel better or worse but on that tour we didn't get many shows in state college at penn state at the time uh now everything comes there but um it was chili pepper same tour chili peppers and opening that night were uh smashing pumpkins and pearl jam mm. I could have worked uh, the spotlight on that show, being a theater guy. And one of my friends was working the spotlight. He said, I need someone for a second. And I said, no. And my reason, I loathe the song Under the Bridge. I gave up the entire night because of Under the Bridge. Yes, I'm a dumbass. I won't deny it. So, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not a huge Under the Bridge. I'm not a huge Under the Bridge fan either. And Missing the Chili Peppers didn't hurt me as much as as Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And, I, you know, when I saw Pearl Jam, it was 15 years later. The magic was still there, but it wasn't the magic of what that 10 tour was. And, man, right, that's just one of them. Hey, I always used to joke around. I always used to joke around. I'm like, yeah, you know, I've seen Bob Dylan three times. I've seen Big Head Todd and the Monsters 36 times. Like, what the fuck? What are my priorities? <laughs> you know? I follow I like where the girls I'm dating in staying 12 times. Yeah, the girls I'm dating. Yeah. yeah. I, I followed where the girls I was dating wanted to go. So they want to go see big head Todd. I go to that. Anyway, that's, that's my first one. Who's up next. <laughs> well, it, well, I also saw sting when he opened the palace at Auburn Hills in 88, right up the road, I 75 in Michigan that night guns and roses was opening for Aerosmith. I chose Sting oh, yeah. that night as well. So. Wow. Okay. Enough of uh, coincidental uh, concert heartbreaks, and we're going to shift now over, going counterclockwise to Jim. All right. Uh, my my first uh, pick is a band that's technically still touring, but uh, The Doors. They uh, I, I my I major regrets not seeing them when uh, Ray Manzarek and I apologize if I just butchered his last name uh, was still was still alive and still touring with them. That that man was an absolute beast on the keyboard. In my opinion, he was as much the heart of that band as Jim Morrison was. Uh, and uh, he was still going strong into, I believe the early two thousands and, uh, and had come, came through my town on tour a, a couple of times, but I never bit and, uh, and, and went on, went to that show. And uh, that would have been absolutely amazing had I gone. So. so would that have been the tour where they had Ian Asbury on vocals from the cult and Stuart Copeland yes. from the police on drums playing with Manzarek and uh, Krieger? Oh, yep. Yeah. I didn't make my list, but I'm with you on that one. I, I opted not to see that one as well. Kind of kicked myself. Yep. That's an interesting one because I don't I don't know if the new doors appealed to me at all. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how y'all feel about like Queen with Adam Lambert or I mean, I guess in a weird way, I've seen a lot of bands with new lead singers that like I'm not going to see Allison Chains. I'm not going to go see Skid Row without Sebastian Bach. So the Doors one, I was like, yeah, you know, it is the guy from the cult. But unless he does Sea Cell Sanctuary and they throw in a couple cult songs, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. 
I don't know. I get it, but I'm, I I can see why you skipped it. I mean, based on what I saw on uh, just just seeing their shows on TV and such, uh, the Doors without Jim was still the Doors, but without Jim and Ray, it really wasn't the same band. And they're still touring yeah. uh, with with just the the guitarist and the, and the the drummer, but it's just not the same now. Interesting. So I like it. Good choice. I guess another regretful one. So, Christine, up to you. Okay, well, um, for my um, first one, you know, I was a little bit of a latecomer to this band, and um, I just really regret that I haven't, um, didn't get to see them play live. Um, of course, it's the band that um, more or less got Eric and I together, and since then, we've been able to interview both Tommy Stimson and Peter uh, Stinson and Peter Jesperson, so slight little bit of redeeming quality going there, but I never got to see the replacements and being somebody from Chicago where they played there all the time and, you know, Summerfest. I don't know what I was thinking. Did you, you never saw their, cause they just reunited never a couple saw years the replacements ago. Live. You didn't go to the, re, the reunion tour yeah. that just happened about 10 years it's ago. Totally. I was married. That's all ah. I can say. I was married. He had yeah, anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you were at what was that, that reunion show? You were at one of those nights over at Pantages, right? No, not Pantages. It was at uh, yes, uh, Palladium. 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 Yeah. It wasn't great. It yeah. wasn't great. Um, it was short. Oh, it was I, like a, I thought oh, about you a saw night two one minutes. Then. Yeah, you saw night great. one. Night, night two was better. That's John, right John here. Doe was on fire both nights, though. Yep. Yeah, I, I had they a. They were uh, back together. I wasn't going to see them. There was a time about twenty years ago. I was sitting in that place, Chibo, which is a very overpriced, meh, three-star restaurant in Hollywood, and I was at the bar with my girlfriend, now wife at the time, and we were eating pizza next to this cool dude. And he looked at me. He's like, "I know you, man. I fucking know you. How do I know you?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Maybe my band? I don't know who he is. Yeah, I don't know your band. Who's your band? I tell him. He's like, eh. Then I'm like, I don't know. Did you watch that ESPN show I was on? He's like, ah, fuck, nah. I like sports. Maybe that's not it. He's like, what else? What else? What else? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm starting out (laughs) in this business. I'm like, what's your name? He goes, Tommy Stinson. And I'm like, oh. And he was playing with Guns N' Roses at the time. I was like, who are you playing with right now? He goes, Guns N' Roses. And I was like, holy shit. So I was like, and I wasn't even a replacements fan at the time. I, I, I that band like skipped me over until I was about 28 years old, and then I got into the replace. I was like, I better check those guys out because I have to tell you, Eric, if there's a band you got me into, it's fucking the replacements. And thank you so much. Really? You said to me something like, J- "Yeah." You said, "Just go by, let it be." Uh, uh, right. Is that I, the name of the record? Either let probably yeah, please to meet me. or Tim. I'm more of a let it no, be. Tim would be better for you because, because of here comes a regular. That that That's one it. I can see. You, you said go listen to here comes and what's the other one? Uh, hanging hanging party. What's that called? Suicide. Oh, swinging 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 party. party down the lane. Yep. And so I but I got let it be first because that's what the guy at the record tour, store told me to do. And then yeah. that was you know that's, that's an easy that's an easy way into the replacements. And then I branched out. Anyway, there's that story. 
Now that we've had Tommy on this show, now that we've had Tommy on the show, I can visualize that conversation in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Did he maybe know you from Dead and Breakfast? We didn't. I guess you didn't get to that that stage. So uh, we didn't get that far. I think it was ESPN because he was sitting in there watching basketball and like he was pretty into it. Like he's, he's kind of maybe a yeah. secret sports fan. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to envision Tommy liking sports, but hey, what, yeah, what, I don't know. I don't. I don't get it. Me. I don't know. Maybe. Well. Uh, Well, we, we, I got I got tons of bootlegs, uh, so live stuff we can watch. Christine, maybe do something for you. But uh, over 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 to me now, and I'm going to go with the person over my right shoulder here as uh, part of the the highwayman. And uh, I'm yes. not much. I'm not a the national country Trashville, as as Hank Williams the Third calls it. Uh, here to put the Dick and Dixie in the cunt back in country with. Uh, Shooter Jennings. Uh, that's the kind of country I like, outlaw country. And uh, Highwaymen, it was my first summer living in L.A. It was June. They played the Greek, which turned into my favorite favorite place to see a show in L.A. It's not like a club, favorite venue. Love the Greek. And Highwaymen played there. And it was Chris Christopherson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, and Willie Nelson. That's outlaw country. That's why I like Zach so much. He, he this, there's just there's a, a, there's a vibe to his music. It's that desert hobo, whatever is, however he wants to define it with uh, the Lobos Riders. But uh, yeah, the Highwaymen, just all those guys. Johnny's still alive, you know, and uh, Waylon's still alive. I, I wow, could admit that's that's that night crazy. That's so crazy. That, that's my number one regret. That's a big but one. I, but also, in my defense, I had just gotten my first real job there, and I was broker than broke, so I couldn't afford it. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I guess that always has I a lot to play. I think that has a lot to play in with this category. How much money you're rolling with at the time, you know? And how old you were. Also. Well, on that note, that's we're going to take you. We're going we're to go to your number two now. Is this me? Number two regret. Yeah, we're back. Well, to you. so. This has happened to me twice now. I've turned down Oasis. Now I'm a huge Oasis fan, but in college, 95, what's the story? Morning Glory's out. Holy fuck. What a record. What a band. Tumultuous. Everybody says they're going to break up. You better go see them this tour. You'll never see them again. And I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. I, I think I didn't have 40 bucks. I was like, I don't have 40 bucks to go see Oasis. I'm, I'm good. I'm going to go get drunk instead at the bar and try to make out with some pie fi So that was that was my college decision that I fucking regret hardcore was missing Oasis in 95 in L.A. And then they came back with the Black Crows on the Brotherly Love Tour. And my friend had tickets to that. And I said, and at the time, I was only into country. Like, I'd kind of given up on Oasis. Like, it had been 10, 15 years since I'd even listened to them. And. I was like, you know, I'm good. I'll, if they're still playing, they're still playing. And, of course, they haven't even played for – I don't think they've played together in, like, 15, 16 years, and they're not going to play again, even though it would be a billion-dollar tour. So missing Oasis twice is a huge regret of mine, although I did get to see Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, which are mm. an incredible band, incredible songs. Awesome. Last yeah. summer at the Greek, opening for Garbage. Nice. Although I would have rather seen garbage open for them, but yeah, oh, well, <laughs> garbage has hits, and uh, but he was great. 
and he closed that with Don't Look Back in Anger. Garbage was the show Eric and I met at. <laughs> no way. That's cool. Garbage they were great. Tears for Fears, yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I love well, that, that show. Is, uh, That's again, here, here we go with coincidences again, folks. And Zach, I, I was at that uh, tour of Brotherly Love at the Green. Mm -hmm. Space hog, yeah, that was the one. <sighs> but uh, but the Oasis did a. I'm uh, not not a, not a not a fan, but they they did an amazing. I am the Walrus. Mm. Wow, yeah, dude, I'm a huge fan. I I got beyond what I thought I'd ever get into with Oasis. I thought I was done after the first couple records, but then when I got into the deep cuts and Noel's solo stuff in particular. One of my favorite bands. Big regret. All right. Well, regret number two to Jim now. Well, my second pick goes kind of goes back to what Zach just said about uh, you know the circumstances at the time, having having enough having enough money, having being old enough, those kinds of things. Uh, but my second pick is Talking Heads, which was one absolutely one of my favorite bands from the '80s growing up. Uh, amazing band, Stop Making Sense is my favorite concert movie and one of my favorite live albums. Uh, they're just fantastic. Uh, and by the time I was old enough and had the uh, had, had had enough money and ability to go see a concert, they'd broken up in the early 90s. So I uh, never got the chance to see them live. Uh, it would have taken a spectacular act of will to ask family members to make that happen for me, uh, which was not in the cards at the time, but uh absolutely would have been amazing to see them live and a uh, huge regret that I didn't get the chance. Good one. Have you seen the doc that just came out on that? Not yet. It's on my list. So I'm going to check it out for sure. It looks really good. Yeah. And now they're, they're, they're talking again and maybe we can get a, uh, get, get a uh, reunion tour out of them. If the uh, cars are played right. They can play nice. For yeah. six well, months. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems it's like a lot, a lot of the re-release already made more than it made when it first came out. Right. Well, in a lot of, a lot of cases, with, 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 yeah, with reunions, it seems to be convincing the, the lead singer and uh, David Byrne doesn't seem to have it in him to, to, to start touring all over again. That's that's the from whatever that's the impression I get. Again, fingers hmm. crossed because he seems to be having fun with all the stuff that's going on promoting the movie. So fingers crossed. And another lover of talking heads, Christine. We're going to go to you for regret yeah. number two. Where are the brooms, Dad? Well, um, early '90s, I was living oh outside of Detroit, and Mom, I was supposed to be playing with Michael Bean. Was supposed to be playing at this little venue. Um, I'd never been there. Of course, I was in my 20s and didn't know anybody that lived near me that even remotely would want to go to that show with me. I think I was at work and people at wherever I was, you know, hanging out at that time. Um, I was already done with college. So, you know, it was just kind of like I didn't have anybody to go with. I want to say it may have even been bad weather that day. Like I probably lived 45 minutes from where the venue was and I didn't go. And I regret that I didn't go. Being died in the next couple years. And so I never, and the Reconciled album and even, um, uh, um, you know, the one after it, were such uh, core memories for me, um, particularly with my brother, which I've mentioned in the past. Of course, he, you know, died in 2011. 
But um, yeah, it's like I wish I had seen the call live. And that's another thing with Eric too. Like he loves them also. And has seen them. <laughs> no, I have bummer. not seen them. I have not. Oh, you haven't? Oh, you didn't. oh, okay. I thought you did see Michael Bean. No. Well, no, I, I it didn't make my list. I, I guess I'll throw an honorable mention in here now. But when I was living, first living in L.A., and you know, Zach will remember this, every, every Friday or th whatever Thursday or Friday when L.A. Weekly would come out, you go to the back, you find out which concerts are coming up. They were yeah. always playing down at the coaches in San Juan, San Juan Capistrano. And I never took yes, that they were. hour, two hour trip down the five to go see the call. So, yeah, I can't. But in, on, on a, a, a side regret on that, when they got the band back together and they had the lead singer from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Michael Bean's son, over yeah. at the Troubadour, yeah. they did the reunion with him singing. Yeah. And I'm like, and I found out about that show a week later. I'm like, I, I would have paid 200 bucks to see that show. Yeah. Wow. Another band, which is good by its own right. <laughs> I forgot that Black Rebels lead singer was Bean's kid, yeah. and and what's what's crazy yeah. is that San Juan Capistrano, the coach house. I hated going there. I thought that was a terrible place to go, but I saw the band Dada there a few times. Oh, really? I, I used to like they always had the same kind of bands. Dada, Freddie Jones band always played there. Okay, yeah. Like Missing Persons, like the Call was always like used in the LA Weekly. I was like, yeah. I never made the move either. I wasn't as big of a fan though. What's your favorite call song? Uh, probably everywhere I go. I love or it. Oklahoma. Yeah, I might need I, to revisit I go back the, to the call. First album yeah. and, uh, when, when the walls came down, that's where it all began for mm -hmm. me. So it's well, that's yeah, that's where it began. And but... Oklahoma off of Reconciled is a great song too. Oh man, such a good song. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right, well, regret number three for me is actually he would be in the lead right now for people I've seen the most times. You're still on two, Eric. I know, I'm on two, but this, if I would have seen him, I, he's one of the people that I would have uh, – he'd be in the lead right now with eight had I figured out that he, Weird Al Yankovic was touring on his ridiculously self-indulgent, ill-advised vanity tour back in 2018. He was playing mm -hmm. down the street from me. At the Mesa Arts Center in May of 18, and I somehow didn't know about it, didn't go, whatever the case may have been. I was probably umping a baseball game that night. That's the excuse I'll use. I was umping. But no costumes, no props, no video screens, intimate show, and he was performing mostly non-parody stuff. He was doing his style songs, his originals. Oh, and man, that's the best. And I didn't even hear I about it. that tour. Wow, so, that, that would have been worth seeing for sure. Wow. Unfortunately, the next tour I was on board, and I saw the nose, I saw the strings attached to it that he did with an orchestra. But I, I regret not seeing the uh, the one before that. Actually, he came back and did it again. But I went. Well, we're not going to get into why I wasn't able to go because of certain restrictions. But yeah, but uh, that's the big regret: not seeing the uh, the self indulgent, ill advised vanity tour. Weird Al, he I've seen him eight times. The comedian Will Sasso, I don't know if you know who he is. He was in this Uncle Drank podcast that you had mentioned earlier, Eric. But he and I one day were sitting around and he goes, have you ever thought about how brilliant the song Buy Me a Condo is by Weird Al? And we started listening to it, that whole like, <laughs> I'm going to buy me a condo, going to buy me a Cuisinart. 
and it's just like this 80s like beautiful original weird al like the, the original weird al stuff is way underrated everyone just thinks he's the parody guy like they almost oh. need to do a greatest hits of his like real shit because his stuff is brilliant as we all know I, I I love the style songs. The style songs are like uh, the Incredible. it wasn't a Devo parody, but the, the style song to Dare to Be Stupid. And Dare to be guys stupid. And Devo said that's a better song than they could ever do. Yeah. But yeah, Devo, didn't, his, uh, Devo should have covered that song. Didn't well, no, enough with the Weird Al. Let's go on to our third third regret. In '88, uh, Three Feet High and Rising came out. De La Soul, probably one of the greatest hip hop oh. records of all time. They used to call it the Sergeant Peppers of the hip hop world, and it was my favorite rap album of that year. And I was really into hip hop, and and that was it for me. I was like, you know, everyone was into. I was into N.W.A. I was into the other guys, but De La Soul was it, and. I felt like I'd see them live, but they didn't even come close to Tucson. Cut to my freshman year of college. I'm in LA. They're playing the Palace with Tribe Called Quest and with Souls of Mischief. And they're playing on November 27th. So this is fucking 30 years ago this week. <laughs> Has anyone killed themselves on your podcast yet? Um, I'll be the first. But they basically Maybe were... Zero casualty rate so far. All right. To keep it Let's that keep way. it that way. <laughs> so it was like 20 bucks a ticket. And all my friends who lived in LA, who were from LA, were like, dude, we're all going. We know how much you love De La. Because I was into Balloon Mine State and in the uh, De La Soul is Dead. Like these are, maybe Balloon Mine wasn't out yet, but De La Soul was dead. And they're like, we're all going, dude. This is going to be the concert of the, of the year. But of course, me being Mr. Tucson guy, my mom wanted me, wanted her freshman. I was only out of college at this point for three months. My freshman year, she wanted me home for hot, for Thanksgiving. So I came home. I think it was uh, Thursday and the concert was Saturday. So I sat in my home in Tucson doing nothing, like drinking like three beers and like going outside to sneak joint poles as all my friends are at De La Soul at the Palace with Tribe and, and Souls of Mischief. And, and I, to this day, if I could have skipped that... I mean, look, it's good to go home for your first Thanksgiving out of college. Yeah. But I look back at that so much because all those new friends of mine were like, dude, you missed the greatest night of our lives. We met all these girls from UCLA and all. And I was like, oh. I was like, I sat at home and ate leftovers. Wow. So that was like Saturday. Oh, it was yeah. November. I just looked it up. November 27th, 1993. 20 bucks to see Dayloft, Souls of Mischief, and Tribe Called Quest. Damn. Wow. Wow. That's what a show. What a deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Zach, Zach, please don't kill yourself after all these stories tonight. Please don't do that. Yeah. What are you guys trying to do? Plus to one that. to make yourselves feel better. <laughs> what are you doing? Plus one coming yeah, around the plus one. to make you feel better. Yes. Thank you. So, Jim, over to you for another depressing yeah. story. You got to bum you out going into Thanksgiving. That's the plan. Um, <laughs> all right. My my third is uh, a band that uh, was easily m my top three favorites that I discovered that I got into in college. And then right after college, I moved to Seattle, and this band came through. and uh, And I did not go to their show because I was broke and focused on other things. Uh, the Pogues uh, came through, and would have been an absolutely amazing show. Yeah, like Rum Sodomy and the Lash is one of those those albums I just listened to on repeat in college and 
and uh, was crazy about. And uh, yeah, it's just one of those bands you figure, well, they'll, they'll come through again sometime. And, you know, I didn't know, of course, 10 years later, they were going to stop touring forever. But uh, yeah, absolutely would have been amazing to see that show. Uh, yeah. Beyond, wow. beyond regretful, I missed it. Yeah. Damn, Shane McGowan still still alive. Hard to, hard to tell, but still alive. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, but I'll drop the needle on uh, if I should fall from grace with God for you tonight. Fair enough. All right, Christine, to you. Okay, well, before I do my top one, I want to do a little honorable mention because I have not seen this act or this person live yet. They do tour now and again, although I do hear that he's a super prima donna. Even if you get a ticket, you might see the show. You might not. Depends on how he's feeling that evening. So uh, Peter Murphy, I have never seen live. Would love to see Peter Murphy live. Probably never will. But um, that just, you know, whatever. I would have loved to have seen him. Love Hysteria or Cascade or any one of, you know, Birds Fly. Any one of his albums I would have loved to have seen. But um, probably never will. But it's okay. But this one show and unfortunately i was just a little bit too too young when i was in sixth grade 1983 july 25th at comiskey park the set or the uh, um the band list that was playing that even evening ministry the fix joan jet flock of seagulls reflex headlined by the police oh my god I was only a couple years older. Both my sisters went to the show. I remember because I was a big girl and like I was all over with all of, you know, all of those bands was all into it. Couldn't go. I was too young. Oh, man. What a show. Can't believe I missed it. And I never got to see it. I've seen Sting play a couple times, which is great. You know, big Sting fan also, but Police is like probably one of my top five fans of life and never got to see them play together. Wow. Now, what I, were you I, saying? I would have liked to have seen uh, I was gonna say I would have liked the synchronicity tour, but I'm glad I did get to see them in 2007 on the reunion. Because Foo Fighters opened that show at the Dodger Stadium. Wow. Wow. And that's where I turned in. That's where I'm like, I, I was a casual Foo fan. But once I saw what Dave Grohl did that day, coming out into the audience, running oh, you're getting the a little bit into our plus one, one topic there. But, yeah. <laughs> I, well, no, that, that's not one of the opening acts. But I became a huge Foo Fighters that day. Is what I, they became a. I'm buying them the day they come out. So. But, uh, yeah. But uh, to have seen the, I've seen the police back in. Synchronicity, Ghost of the Machine, all that. Yeah, that's that's prime police when they were killing each other and uh, not collecting the paycheck in 2007. Being a little nicer to each other. Right. But, yeah. All right, so we've got – so I, I, I listed a, a, a honorable mention earlier, so I'm, I'm going to skip uh, my, my other honorable mention. I'm going to go right to my number one. Fortunately, I did get to see them earlier this year, and but – 
The Cure, to have seen them on, what, what is it, May 23rd, 2016 May, at the Hollywood May. Bowl. Sorry. May. I thought you were saying this year no, was May yeah. 18th. Sorry. I'm not talking this year. Clean potato <laughs> out your ear. We can edit that uh, out. <laughs> May, no, no, we'll leave that. May 23rd, 16, and it's something about May and the Cure, apparently. But uh, the Hollywood Bowl, they played five songs from Disintegration that night. The night before, they focused more on Disintegration, but they focused as much the next night on my favorite Cure album, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. They played the, the usual Cure playing uh, encore after encore with three, four, five songs per encore. But yeah, uh, um, had tons of friends who went to it. They're like, why weren't you there? I said, well, we're not going to get into why I wasn't there, but let's just say that that factor no longer matters. So uh, there's a better factor now. So I got someone who goes to concerts with me now. So but yeah, but that, that's my number one regret, not just saying, screw it. I'm going to see The Cure. It's the Hollywood Bowl. Not the Greek, but it's the Bowl. Still a damn fine venue, except for parking. But yeah, that's my, that's my number one regret. Big one. It's a good one. But hey, let's flip the script now, and now, uh, let's, let's turn our frowns upside down, as, as they might say in, in elementary school, and let's go with our one opening act that just blew us away, and we became fans that that second. Zach, here to you. I hope. To kick I hope mine's back. not. I mean, I hope mine's not too easy. Um, but it's sort of the most obvious, I think, but it's the only one I can remember because I'm always the kind of guy who sort of knows the opening act or I look them up before I see them and make sure I check out some of their songs so I can catch something I you know, get familiar with if I'm sitting in the show or I'm drinking in the parking lot and I miss them altogether. <laughs> but uh, I did see um, the crew, the Motley Crew Guns N' Roses tour way back in the day. It was one of my first concerts. And I was a I was sort of a Motley Crue fan. I wasn't a huge Motley Crue fan, but they were the headliners, and Guns N' Roses were the openers. And I think by the end of that tour, Guns N' Roses were the headliners, and Motley Crue were the openers. And it was obvious from the minute I saw Guns N' Roses, I was like, "Holy fuck, who are these guys?" Like, there's no motorcycles on stage, you know. There was no like leather diaper on the drummer. I'm like, these dudes are hardcore. Uh, and immediately I was like, F Molly Crew, these cheese dicks. I'm into that guitar riff. I'm into that fucking slash guy. I'm into this band. And and I was with I remember I was I had to go with my older brother and his sister, who was older than me too. And my stepbrother and stepsister. And they were all into the crew. And by the end of it, we all had we all bought Guns N' Roses posters and t-shirts, and we were like, that's it. So I was think I was twelve. I was my second or third concert ever. Eating pizza next to their their bass player at the time in Guns N' Roses. It all came full circle. What's that? It all came full circle. You were eating pizza. Oh, that that Tommy Stinson. Yeah, one day I got to. Yeah, not big, not Duff, but Tommy. Yeah, but uh, yeah, not the original bassist, but a replacement bassist. That's true. So, Um, but yeah, that was that was a pretty incredible thing, and I just remember that was when I used to go to shows early and sit around and like try to like, you know catch a drumstick after like the soundtrack and now i don't even go into like five minutes before the guys play and but that was the one i think that's probably one of those i think there's a few examples i'm sure you guys have some good ones too but that's i know one of the more famous opening acts that kind of became bigger than the the headliners at one point eventually 
that's cool to see that that happen. It doesn't happen often. That's that's right. That's one where it definitely did. So, yeah. So good. No, no more, no more guns. No more casualties. No more guns in Zach's mouth. Now we're we're talking happy stuff. Right? Very good. <laughs> Maybe some roses. No, no more yeah. Guns. No, no, no. Maybe Jim. some roses. Jim, over to you. All right, my pick is uh, it's a band that I, that I, that I was familiar with, but seen them open uh, uh, at a show really kind of uh, deepen deepen my enthusiasm for them and as a fan, uh, the Proclaimers. I can see them open for uh, Bare Naked Ladies at the Gorge, which is absolutely uh, it's the the best. Uh, concert venue in the Northwest. If you guys ever get the chance to come up, come up here and, uh, yeah, and see a yeah. show there, it's absolutely it's worth on it. My list. But yeah. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they, at the time I, I just kind of knew them as the, the 500 miles guys, it, just that one, one hit wonder band, but uh, seeing them play more of their own stuff uh, just gave me a real appreciation for how talented they are and how, how much, how much fun their, their music is. And uh, at the time they were kind of, writing a resurgence because because one of their their songs it, it got onto the shrek soundtrack uh so uh they they were kind of talking that up and and uh but yeah their their music turned out to be it to be a lot more than than just that one hit wonder after that for me it was uh really made me fans of theirs and and gave me a lot of appreciation for them so that's a good one because i've never heard any other proclaimer songs but i would walk 500 miles most people could say the same, but yeah, the, the, their other stuff is, is pretty good too, actually. Yeah, I don't know too much by them, but I'll tell you that other band that you saw them with, I've seen more times than I care to share, probably, because um, they used to come all the time. The college I went to outside of Detroit, they used to go there every year, and they were a big favorite in Chicago area. The um, radio station I used to listen to loved Bare Naked Ladies. So I used to go their Christmas show. They'd play all these different outdoor venues and stuff. But yeah. oh, they put on such a great They're show. Good. Oh my such gosh. They're show. super fun to see. Yeah. But the Gorge, I am familiar with it. And um, that is on uh, my bucket list for a place to see a show. I've never been there and have always wanted to go. Well, we've done yeah, Red Rocks. Right. We can make Gorge our next big concert venue. That's right. Yeah. Who'd you guys see at Red Rocks? Jason Isbell. Oh, you're going to love and this. And we also saw um, um, Angel Olsen open for him. And I was surprised. Angel Olsen was pretty darn good. I wasn't Let me surprised. give another shout out to Eric Porvoznik for uh, getting me into drive-by truckers as well when I was about 27 years old. And he said, listen to this one. And it was Danko manual because I'd listened to a lot of Patterson hood stuff, but I didn't know who the other guy do and the other voices were. And I'm like, this song is incredible. And that was my first introduction to Isabel, probably around like 2005, whenever that album came out and uh, 2004. Yeah. And then from that point on, I'm like, well, this is my guy here. And then sirens of the ditch came out. So another guy that poor Vosnik threw into my, my atmosphere back in those days was, was Isabel. I'm just, I thank yeah. you, Zach, for validating that I, I I am not the tastemaker Peter Jesperson is, but I do have some some sway sometimes. So that's turned cool. me into an I'm, I'm glad fan. to help. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eric, I believe is a true music evangelical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. His new album well, Weathervane. If you haven't listened to it yet, you need to get on it. It's awesome. It's really good. Oh God, Weathervanes! It's a 
fucking masterpiece. Yeah, amazing. It is. It is a masterpiece. I In agree. a white Beretta. Fuck. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yep. Mm. Well, between uh, the drive-by truckers decoration day in 2003 and your ghost signs in 2003, as I've told you before, I'll say it again, that got me through my first divorce. So yeah. whoever I can return the favor with is, no, I'm glad to help. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It was probably 2003 when you played me that decoration day. What yeah, but, yeah, but then the one, the one with Danko Manuel, that came out, that was, that was on uh, Dirty South, which I believe was the next year, 2004. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, Isbo came into his own on that album. But we digress. Mm-hmm. Christine, over to you for your third, for, I'm okay, sorry, for so your concert Jim opener. Actually, away. Yes, Jim actually reminded me um, second show I ever went to, the Colt opened for Billy Idol. And um, I actually ended up a bigger Colt fan <laughs> than Billy Idol after that show. Um, I was going to mention somebody else, and I thought there might be overlap with Eric's, but when Jim was talking about hearing, um, you know, his show that he went to, I was like, yeah, yeah, that's how the cult was for me. Definitely. Good one. Yep. Oh, go ahead. Throw throw, throw the, uh, throw an honorable mention in there. Overlap from overlap. Well, okay, I'll mention that um, it actually happened in this last year since um, dating Eric. He introduced me to lots of amazing bands, particularly in that Americana genre, which I kind of touched on. You know, Chris Stapleton is a big fan of mine, and I kind of classify him with the Steel Drivers and being more Americana-type stuff. But... um, Candeliers uh, opened for Roger Klein and the Peacemakers on New Year's Eve last year at the Crescent. Crescent was that a Crescent? That was a Crescent, right? Crescent Ballroom in downtown Phoenix. Man, what a show! Unbelievable. Yeah, complete with um, uh, no shirt fiddler. Like it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is that, is so if good. you've never seen Vandaliers live, make a oh, point. Oh, man. For how? Yeah. They're fun. And, They're and, and they would be perfect up at Pat. You Do a double bill with them up at Pappy They're and Harry. Yeah, they're straight up punk tree. Yeah, they're good. I love it. Yeah. All right. So, um, Vandaliers, yeah. that's a quick mention for me. I saw them open for Lucero. And then oh, I yeah. also. Uh, I want to throw a shout out to Mark Daly. Saw him open for uh, Jeff Tate last year. And strangely enough, we've had uh, the lead singer for, uh, we've had Josh on uh, from Vandaliers on the show. And we've also had Mark Daly on the show. So my yeah. opening act there. But my yeah. number one opening act where I've just like, holy shit. Had no idea. I went to the X show at the Roxy. It was, uh, they were doing, Los Angeles in its entirety. And yes, Jim Ray Manzarek came out and played a couple songs with them because he produced that album. So and right. across the street that night, Viper Room was Robbie Krieger playing that night. But I was at the Roxy because X was playing Los Angeles in its entirety, plus some. But the opening act for them was kind of like an X light or like a young X. It was uh, the Strip Miners. And uh, DJ hmm. Bonebreak, the drummer for X, was also the drummer for the Strip Miners. And he, I think he may have produced her album as well and played on it. But uh, Brett Anderson, who was also in the Donnas, 
she was the lead wow. singer of the band. And the same interplay, there's a guitarist going, and uh, they're singing just like it was Xene and John Doe, very X kind of vibe. Uh, their second album went a little bit more uh, like a, a gothic country kind of thing, but their first album just straight up strip, I think it's a self titled Strip Miners is the name of the album, but opening for X. They had a girl uh, playing on the accordion as well. It was just a really good, perfect opener for X. And I just, my jaw was dropped the whole time. And just 45 minutes, if 45 minutes, just like, damn. And it's sick. Man. Goth country. I don't even know what that would sound like. <laughs> I need a sample. Well, uh, we, we will look up their second album later yeah, tonight. We'll so, yeah. Check that out. That, get that bottle of wine that we had at dinner. Just, we'll sit back and listen to some Gothic Country. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> so, well, there it is, folks. There's our three for, for the night and the plus one. And, you know, I, I again want to thank uh, my old friend, uh, Zach Sellen, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, happy. Happy, a happier Thanksgiving than you did back in 993, and you have to head back to LA to see De La Soul this Thanksgiving. Yeah. And also, be sure to check out backselwyn.com. And also, very quickly, Zach, tell us about the the project also coming out next year. You've got um, the Country Lynn, of course, uh, the, the group that we talked about earlier, and you're also going to be doing a Trailer Park Boys film. Tell us very quickly about that. Yeah, man, there's a new film coming out basically bubbles the character bubbles from the cb show who's got the big glasses on who always is like walking around going Cocksucker. he uh and i have known each other a long time big fan of my band big fan of my music asked me to write him some songs for his band called the shit rockers and he cut five of my songs and they're putting out a record that was produced in nashville by a guy who's like a lot like a dude who produced the stone like i forget his name but he's a legend he's got to figure out his name i'm sorry i don't have it but we also made a movie about our our band forming. We shot it up in Canada last summer, and it should come out this next summer. And it's a comedy. It's like a spinal tap about a trailer park Canadian rock country rock band. And I'm in the band, and I wrote five of the songs, and I'm in the movie. And I don't know. I, I think it could be one of those things that, that really takes off and, and maybe even opens up the bubbles and the shit rockers to, like, the world, and we maybe start touring. I, I, I'm knocking on wood. I'm praying. I'm hoping. But the, the songs are there. The, the movie's going to be hilarious, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes. The shit rockers will tour all. the world and beyond. Indeed, my friend. <laughs> Indeed. All right. And uh, Zach, also, I, I forgot to mention that at the top of the show, one of the sickest freestylists you will ever meet. He's actually rhymed Pervoznik and worked it into a freestyle. That's talent, <laughs> folks. Absolute talent. <laughs> Yeah, what did I wonder? What about I wonder what I rhymed with poor Vaznik? Sometimes my mind goes on to different worlds when I'm on stage. Uh, it, it, you you worked Galaga into it as well somewhere. So it, 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 it was <laughs> you, you 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 found it you found a new level that night. So it, it was good over over there at Spaceland. So so folks, again, thanks for coming on the show, Zach and ZachSelwyn.com. Check it out. Look for Country Linen and the Trailer Park Boys movie next year with the Shit Rockers. Thanks again, Zach. Hell yeah! Thanks, guys. You've been listening to All Over the Place, the official podcast of Media Pub Live. If you like what you've been listening to, and you know you have, be sure to share it with friends and family, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, wherever. Content contained herein have been the opinions of the hosts, the producer, and the guests only. 
You have listened at your own risk. 